Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Psalms chapter 119 verse 9 says, How can a young person stay pure? Wouldn't you say, isn't that a good question to ask? Like probably, I was thinking, probably some of you would ask me that question. Like if you had, like, like we're going to do a Q&A at the end of this month. And I was thinking that probably would be one of those questions is how, how do I do this? How do I stay pure? And the, it gives the, the answer. It says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. That's talking about the word of God. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that there is power in it. We thank you that there is life in it. And Lord, tonight, I just ask right now that Holy Spirit, you would just fill our hearts, fill our lives with your grace, with your mercy, with your strength. And God, I just thank you that you're just touching our hearts tonight. God, I pray right now that you would just purely equip us for the calling and destiny that you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, in week two, uh, the title of tonight's message, if you're taking notes, is How to Get and Stay Pure. How to Get and Stay Pure. And I was just thinking about this scripture and have been uh, since we since we planned out this series uh, way back. In, uh, in Psalms, it says, you know, how can a young person stay Pure, and it says by obeying your word. So it does answer the question of how does a young person stay pure by obeying God's word. But then if you dig a little bit deeper and think about it a little bit more in depth of, okay, what does God's word have to say about purity? That's really where the question is. Okay, by obeying God's word, that's how we stay pure. But what is the what does God's word say about purity? And so in saying that, I want to talk tonight about how to get and stay pure. How to get and stay pure. We're going to start out with how to stay pure. Just assuming that you're in a place of purity right now. How do you stay in that place? What are some things that you need to continue to do? And then we'll finish off by how to get pure. If you have something in your life that's maybe hindering you. Whatever it may be. Whatever level it is. How do you then gain that freedom to get to this place where you stay free? So we're going to start kind of a little bit opposite tonight, but we're going to start in how to stay pure. The first way that you stay pure is number one, flee sexual immorality, flee sexual immorality. This isn't just a one time occurrence. The way that you stay pure is you continually flee sexual temptation in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, it says, run from sexual sin. No other sin is so, cl- so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. So that word, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Other translations say flee from sexual Immorality. Why is that so important to flee? That word literally means to run, to just get out, to take flight, actually. And uh, in James chapter 4 and verse 7 in uh, the ESV, it says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
Now, I, I researched this word flee and what it really means in the original language in the Greek uh, meaning, which the New Testament was written in the Greek. And anytime you're a preacher and you bring up the, the Greek meaning, you sound way more spiritual. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. The Greek meaning, the actual word is fuego, not f- the word fire uh, in Spanish, but fuego. Uh, it's used to depict a lawbreaker who flees in terror from a nation where he broke the law. The reason he flees so quickly is that he wants to escape the prosecution process. Remaining in the nation would most assuredly mean judgment, so rather than stay and face the consequences, the lawbreaker flees for his life. Flees for his life. And I want to tie these two scriptures in together. The Bible says, flee from sexual immorality in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18. So the re- so whenever we flee from sexual immorality, what happens and, and you tie in James chapter four, verse seven with that it says resist the devil. And then what happens is he will flee from you whenever we make a decision of, OK, now I'm going to do this. I'm going to flee from sexual immorality what happens is, that's one of the ways that the enemy comes at you. And what happens is, he then must flee from you. And as you you now have legal right of he has no place to stay at that place. You remember, in, if you study out James, he says, you know, no temptation uh, can overcome you, but God has given you a way of escape. Each and every one of us, every temptation that we have, there is a way of escape. And so as we flee from this one particular sin, whatever it may be, any type of sexual immorality, then the devil must flee from us. But it starts at this one place and and it starts, uh, I believe, there on purpose in James chapter four, verse seven. It says, submit yourselves to God. Therefore, the reason that you have to, before you can resist the devil, a lot of us that we begin to think, okay, I'm going to live a pure life. I think all of us in here, especially all of us that are born again, have a desire in us of, okay, I want to live pure. I want to live uh, from abstaining from sexual immorality, whatever it may be. And so what we think is sometimes of, okay, just in my own willpower, just gritting my teeth, I'm just going to make it. And unless we submit ourselves underneath the power of God, there really is no power for us to flee because all of us have what weak moments. Every single one of us, we still even those that are born again, living for God, walking and pursuing pure uh, purity. All of us still have this body, still have this flesh uh, that we live in. And unless we do the first step of submitting ourselves to God and say, God, I'm not going to try to just live a pure life in my own ability, but I'm going to submit to you. And as I submit to you, you then give me the power to resist the devil. And whenever he gives me the power to resist the devil, then he has to flee. Why does the devil flee? Because you are submitted to God. Therefore, you're not just... uh, um, You're not just another person, but yet you're God's son, you're God's daughter, and you're in a position of that. And he then, the devil, doesn't want to be around whenever God comes around. How many of you have, um, how many of you are the younger siblings? 
younger siblings? How many? So you have like older siblings, and how how many? How much older? What's the older? Anybody like six? Have a sibling six years or above? Older? Yeah, six, sixteen. That's pretty serious. Um, were you ever a kid? And and you had a brother or a sister that was older than you and they started to pick on you. Like if JP was my little brother and I started, you know, messing with him and picking on him a little bit. What what would JP do? What, what would you, come on, cla- classic, classic little brother. I've, I have a little brother and sister. What? Dad! Dad, hold on, no, I didn't, I didn't mean, what happens, I, I don't want to be around when dad gets in the room, I, I, I'm like, what, no, I would, like, I was never here, like, are we even siblings, I, I did, like, I was, I was praying and seeking God, I don't know what, what happened, it's the same thing with the enemy, whenever he comes and, and he begins to enter in and he wants to tempt you and give you some things, hey, this begins to plant thoughts all you got to do is resist him. And as you resist him or flee from him, as the Bible says, then he flees because basically what's happening is you're screaming, Dad. And Satan doesn't want to be around spiritually when Dad shows up. And so whenever you get to that place and you say, okay, you resist the enemy, he doesn't want to be around. Just in the, in the original language when it's saying it's, it's a lawbreaker. He's breaking God's law. He's touching something that doesn't belong to him anymore. You don't belong to the enemy. You belong to God. And he flees as one fleeing for his life that doesn't want to be around for the consequences because the enemy has consequences to pay when he messes with God's children. So we resist the enemy. We flee from the devil because he flees from us. Last week we talked uh, about this as well. And that just a perfect, uh, perfect example was Joseph. Whenever Potiphar uh, kept push, putting herself out there, kept pushing on Joseph and what he literally took off. He literally ran. And normally we don't get in a predicament like that. I hadn't I think I've ever met. Anybody that had a situation like Joseph had, but there, I've heard of some pretty crazy things. Um, so that can literally be what it means. It could literally mean flee. I'm out of here. But most of the time, where we need to resist and flee is in our thoughts. It's that's really where it all starts in our thoughts. And in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, it says, "Finally, brothers." Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever, uh, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Really, whenever it comes to, to sexual temptation, the battleground is in our mind. Most of that's where it starts, at least. And so the area of where we need to resist and flee from the enemy is in our thoughts. And how do you flee and how do you resist the enemy in your thoughts? The Bible gives us what to do in Philippians 4, 8. You know, if you read your Bible, like you ever listen to somebody and they tell you something to do, but like not how to do it. Isn't that the most frustrating thing in the world? It is so frustrating. It's like somebody asking me 
who I'm like incredibly not handy at all. Like, hey, can you go build a house? Like, what? What? Like, well, here's your supplies. Here's here's a drawing. Like, just go do it. It's just a shed or whatever. And like, I don't know how to do this. If you read the Bible, it gives you, okay, don't do this, but instead do this. And this is what it says, like, uh, resist these thoughts, but here's what you should think upon. So how do we flee these thoughts? How do we resist the enemy in our mind as we begin to think upon these things? You know, I, uh, Pastor Larry Stockstill, I remember he was doing a session at, I think I was maybe a first year intern or something, and he was talking to guys and uh, and he said, guys, you know, if you're in the mall and you begin to have a thought or, or see a, a woman and, and are struggling, begin to pray in the spirit and just say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And 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 I, I use that. I thought, man, you, if you're praying in tongues and you get you really get to that place where you begin to worship God, you can't do both. You can't you can't fall into sexual immorality while worshiping God. One's going to have to stop. Like either you're going to stop worshiping God and do that or you're going to stop doing that and worshiping God. But this is the way that whenever you begin, your mind begins to get how we're talking about how to stay and remain pure. This applies to all of us, including myself, from the leaders to every single person is we're not just satisfied with getting pure. And we're going to get to that at the end of the night. But where the goal is, is to stay pure. It's not good enough to just gain freedom. It's to walk and live in freedom the rest of our lives. So we're talking about how to stay, how to stay pure. How do you stay pure? One, you flee sexual immorality constantly, constantly. And it's and the main place is fleeing in our mind. The second way that we stay pure. Is be the example. Live out and be an example. We talked about that a little bit last week as well, but I'm just kind of reminding you about it. In First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse twelve, it says, "Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity." You ever get frustrated? I was thinking about this. Um, Timothy, uh, for several years, has been my favorite book in the Bible. Uh, it just I always get something out of First and Second Timothy. I can I can relate on, in the season of where Timothy's at. Timothy was a young pastor, and so you know I would think about this. How many you you can relate to this as well? All of us in here are young. You ever get frustrated uh, sometimes around older people of being kind of dismissed? Of like, oh, they're just, you know, they don't know any. And there's definitely wisdom and, okay, I don't know everything. But you ever kind of have that that attitude of like, man, I feel a little like shunned because of my age. And I begin to think about this of, okay, it says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I like do that? Like if somebody begins to treat me a, a certain way because I'm young, do I just call them out on it? Like, hey. Don't treat me like that. Like, is that like, is how do I approach this? And I begin to like think about it like, well, actually, 
The answer is in the scripture. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Why do people think less of us sometimes because we're young is because we're not an example most of the time. Because in the way that in the things that we say, we're not an example. In the way that we live, we're not an example. In our love, we're not an example. In our faith, we're not an example. And a lot of times in our purity, we're not an example. Why do a lot of times adults think less or begin to, to, to treat people as Because they're not be living as an example. And in the same way in your schools and everywhere that you're going, how do you stay pure? You live as an example Knowing two things, one, that people are watching you and God is always with you. Living as that example, even living out as an example, not in a way of God, should you follow me? But living as an open book before God of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse one, to present yourselves as a holy and living sacrifice. You know, I think of I think of that as. You know, um, my other dog, uh, Cooper, he's a little chihuahua. And every time I walk in or, or if he does something that he wasn't supposed to do or really any circumstance, he always just gets on his back and just and begins to do like that of like, look how just cute I am. And that's what I always I think it's part of that. But somebody actually uh, was telling me uh, the reason that dogs do that is because all their vital organs are right in here. So it's actually a way of submission of, say, of saying I'm exposing myself and you actually have the ability to really kill me if, you, if the blow was right here. These are where all my organs are. And in a way that with the same way with God of saying, look, 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 I'm submitting to you. I'm showing myself to you. I'm living as an example. Open up. I'm a holy and living sacrifice before you. Nothing. You know everything already, but I'm already just showing you everything. I'm just being open with you. I'm submitting to you because you are my master. And if you live in a way that and being an example or being a remnant, there's not very many people that are living this out. Not in this society, not in this gen- generation, especially. In fact, if you it's even like it's it's kind of um, it's almost like old school way of thinking of like, why? Like, really? Like you live pure? You know, you, you face that. And I'm sure a lot of you in schools. I did as well, so I know if I did, I'm sure that you do is even more. Of man, this is just a different way of living, a different way of thinking. But that's that's fine. That's fine. That gives you the for you to be different. That means you have a greater opportunity to be an example and for people to follow you of, hey, this is the reason that I'm living this way, because I love God. So live as an example, be an example in Philippians chapter three. Verse 17 says, brothers, join me, join in imitating me. That always hits me pretty hard. Join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Another translation, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And people are going to do that regardless 
You ever feel like you, it's your responsibility to be on like Christian patrol? Like like where you're like, no, 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 no. That's not like they're not actually like that's not how Christians are. Like that's not like you feel like you need to like explain like, no, 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 like that's not us. Like that's not how we are. They, they claim to be a Christian, but that's not really you don't have to do that. And I've even I've. I mean, I've been a part of that as as well. Of like, no, no, that's no. We don't scream and shout at people. You're going to hell. That's not that's not what we do. But the way that you kind of offset that, don't worry about them or what they're saying. Is you follow Christ, and as you follow Christ, people will begin to follow you. You know, even going back to our last series that we talked about in one and making a difference and having an impact in your world and your society and where you're at. All of us want that. And the ultimate way of living is as you follow Christ, you're being an example and you begin to lead others closer to Jesus. That that's actually the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate place of where we all want to be. And if you live your way, you live your life this way as an example before God and men, that will help you in staying pure. The third way that you can stay pure and help what helps us continual, continually live pure is pursue godliness with godly people. Pursue godliness with godly people. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because the next couple of weeks I'm going to talk about relationships. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 it says run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. We see that that word run again which also can be translated into flee. So what we talked about at the beginning from anything that stimulates youthful pl- loose <laughs> youthful lust instead pursue righteous living faithfulness love and peace what the bible saying there is hey instead of pursuing lust pursue godliness and it goes a little bit deeper than it says and also enjoy the companionship of those that follow these same things. So how do you stay pure as you yourself pursue and live a godly life along with other people that are pursuing and living a godly life? And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time because I'm going to spend a lot of time in the next couple of weeks talking about that. But in the way that we live, as we, how do we stay pure is we want to pursue God, but we surround ourselves with other people that are pursuing God. One of the greatest things about church and this thing that we have here, Fusion, is you get around other people that are like-minded, that are wanting to pursue God as well. And that's what helps you continue to live on a life of purity. Not every person in church is a Christian or saved. Not every person that goes to a bar is necessarily a drunkard. But you have a high 
chance of finding those people in those places. So not every person is, that goes to church automatically is just living a godly life, but you have a better chance of finding someone that is in a place like this. So how do we stay pure? We pursue godliness with other people that are pursuing godliness. And I just want to end right here. We're talking about how, how to stay pure. And I just want to talk about briefly, how do you get pure? So we kind of did it opposite. Normally you'd start at how to get pure, then how to stay pure. But I wanted to spend a little bit of time on how to stay pure and focus in the rest of our time on, on how to get pure. So we talked about how to stay pure. Now, how do you get pure? Really, the, the main way, I don't have a bunch of points, I just have one point. The way that you get pure is you receive God's freedom and forgiveness. How do you get pure is you receive God's freedom and forgiveness. Look at this, John chapter 8, verse 34. It says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus is talking about obviously this is Jesus talking he's the, he's the son of God and he says that you know anyone that sins is a slave. Another translation says anyone that commits a sin, talking about a habitual sin, which is not like there's a hole in the ground and one time I stumble. It's I know that there's a hole there. In fact, I just go ahead and like, oh, there's a hole there. And I just go constantly in that hole. It wasn't a trip. It was a constant habitual sin. It says anybody that does this is a slave of that. Whatever that may be. All of us have different holes in our life. That, that's, that's just a reality of it. God continues to set us free. There's continual freedom. And a lot of us, especially in this generation, especially teenagers, it's sexual immorality, whatever that may be. And a person that constantly is going back to that, constantly going back to that, is a slave of that. But the great news about that is Jesus says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so He has and wants to make us free. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. So Jesus makes a way for each and every one of us to be to be free, no longer slaves and whatever it may be. You can think of it. Think of it like this, just privately right now. Everybody just paying attention as we as we kind of wrap up. Think of it like this and put yourself in this like like it's fill in the blank. You're writing it down and see it. I am a slave of blank. What is it? Maybe maybe it's specific to this message. We're talking about purity specifically. Maybe it's a sexual sin, whatever it is, constantly thinking about 
uh, lust or whatever it is. But I think about it just privately. Nobody can can hear or think of your think. There's nobody in here that can read minds. So I am a slave of what? What is it? What is the thing that you're a slave of? Maybe nothing comes to mind, but as you go home, begin to just continue to think about that. What is in my life that if I was free of this, oh my goodness, I'd be so much closer to God. You ever have that of like, man, if I could just get past this, oh man, my relationship with God would go to a whole nother level. The amazing news is you can. You can. You can be free from whatever that blank is in your life. But the important thing is, and I want you to catch this, is that Jesus offers every single one of us freedom. But tying back into what we talked about at the beginning of staying pure, it's important to walk and live in the freedom that you've gained. And I'm not going to read the whole scripture. Actually, it's not that long. I'll go ahead and do it. In Luke chapter 11, verse 24, it says, When when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that that its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter that person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. And I have so seen that in people that have gotten set free from whatever it is. They walk in freedom a little while. And the moment that they begin to go back into the things, dabble back, open up those doors to whatever it may be. Man, it, I, I've seen it to where they've gotten set free again. But it is so much harder. It really is. It's so much harder. And so tonight, uh, just as, as we close, in fact, let's just go ahead and stand together. Tonight, if whenever I said that, when you're talking about what, what is what is your blank? I am a slave to what? If oh my goodness, if I could be free from this, my relationship with God would just be totally different. It may not even be anything that I'm talking about. It may not have anything to do with purely equipped. If you respond tonight, I don't want you to stay in your seat because, oh my, man, I don't want anybody thinking that I'm struggling with whatever. Don't even, don't let the enemy rob you from freedom with that. Whatever it is, whatever it may be, you have an opportunity to get free from it. Because let me tell you, there is a man named Jesus. He died on the cross for our sins so that we can have an eternal home with him. But it didn't just stop there. That in that name, in that person, Jesus, there is all power, there is all authority, that everything that we need is found in Him. So our salvation is found in Him, our freedom is found in Him, our deliverance is found in Him, our healing is found in Him. Whatever it is, it's found in Him. And so tonight, some of you, I just, I really felt strong as I was preparing tonight 
of the Holy Spirit. Normally, He'll speak to me of, I'm going to do this. But what He really spoke to me is, I would love to do this. As I just felt His heart of, of, I would love to set people free tonight if they would respond. And so whatever it is in your life that you need freedom, God isn't like, just like, oh man, I can't believe they're still doing that. He's like ready. Like He's more ready for you to be free than you're ready for you to be free. And so tonight, whatever it may be, I want to encourage you that there's freedom here for you. And not only that, there is an opportunity for sustained freedom. That you don't just come up to and respond to an altar and then tomorrow you're right back in it. That there is sustaining freedom and deliverance for you. So here's what I'm going to do. I want all of our leaders to just come down to the front. And so I'm going to pray for each and every one of you uh, just corporately right now. And then I'm going to dismiss you. And so if you need prayer for anything at all, like I said, even if it's nothing to do with the message tonight, but you need freedom. You say, I'm a slave to whatever it may be. There's freedom for you tonight. So I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to dismiss you. And if you need prayer for whatever it is, just come down to the front and let one of these leaders stand with you. There's great and incredible power in agreement. So I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every single student in this place. God, I pray for your hand of blessing to be upon them. Holy Spirit, we just open ourselves up to receive from you. Lord, we thank you, God, that you're just moving in our lives tonight. I just declare that there is incredible freedom in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person that is in bondage, that is in slavery, that needs freedom tonight to come and receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.